0: The San Diego Padres heating up with the start of this Cleveland Guardians series certainly going their way, thanks to Fernando Tatis Jr. going absolutely nuclear, the Michael Wacassants being upon us, but also still some questions. I mean, what's going on with DH? What's going on with the rest of these guys? Is Xander Bogarts getting any better? Lots of questions, but things looking a little bit up. Let's talk about it on today's show, guys. Let's get started. You are locked on, Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, June 15th. As always, I'm your host, With sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. Follow me on Twitter at javipeno J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. But if you want only Padres stuff and me typing a lot in all caps lately, go check out at L-O underscore Padres. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, your team every day. That's why I say that. That is the point of the saying. You get it? Alright? And go check out YouTube if you want to see my hat. And see me celebrate with Mr. Pac-Man, because we're going to be talking about Michael Waka today for sure. Uh, really good stuff on today's show, guys. Very excited. Firstly, though, I want to say today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Championship team is about each player being the perfect fit. So that is also something that can be assumed goes for your vehicle as well. Yeah, eBay Motors. Where'd you think I was going? All right, we're talking about cars. I don't know much about cars, but for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check when you're in the my Garage section, and it lets you know what fits. So even a dumbo like me can, you know, kind of figure out what I need for my vehicle, my transportation vehicle. Uh, they will help you out with that. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, eBayMotors.com. Let's ride! Quar, quar, ho, ho, ho. Guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. Go check out eBay Motors, ladies and gentlemen. And on today's show, like I said, we we, we got to recap these first two games of the series, and also talk a little bit about just what it has said about the team and ha- what the general state of the team is. Because the Padres have played better, and I think that it's at least something worth looking into. I mean, ever since I started wearing this clown hat, which has been, by the way, for a while. Like I, I didn't just start doing this like recently after a tough skid. I believe that what made me really do it, I believe, was the Royal Series. One of the worst teams in baseball, arguably worse than the team that's been making more news lately, the Kansas City Royals, or I'm sorry, the Oakland A's, after they lost two out of three against the Royals and had just got swept by the Dodgers, and they're like kind of looking not too sad about it, so not that I, again, I've talked about this before, but like, body language, really hard to analyze, we just saw Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets win a... NBA Finals, and it's like, I'm sure he cares, but he just has a different way of processing things, and his teammates have talked about that too. Um, But anyway, don't want to get too sidetracked. Ever since that series, I started wearing the clown hat, and it was proven true for a while. They lost... Two Out of three games against Boston, they didn't look particularly great against the Yankees as they got kind of clobbered by them. I was at one of those games. Isaiah Kinefalefa of hits a walk off hit. Uh, the Marlins they blow a really stupid lead when they could have potentially got a sweep, but they blew a really dumb lead against the Marlins after the Gene Segura walk off and the weird Gary Sanchez kind of not even being at home plate for that final run. That was rough, and then against the Cubs. They took two of four, but really inconsistent, right? They would have 10 runs, then one run, then 10 run, then one run. But even still, I think it's basically what I'd say it started with the Marlins series when the Padres offense has, whilst being very sporadic and frenetic and when they choose to be great, I guess, I know they're not literally choosing, but hear me out. Um, They've been really up and down. And I think that the good thing about that was at least they were up in the first place. This is a team that has been awful on offense. We've we've talked about runners in scoring position a lot, but they've been doing a little bit better lately and being a little bit more consistent. I do think that they deserve some credit for that, even if it is against some crummy teams like Seattle, like Colorado, like the Guardians so far, because uh, the Guardians can't hit worth a dip, right? But still, I think it's worth talking about. And with tonight's game, by the time everybody's listening to this, tonight's game, they have the potential to be back at 500, which is not something to be thrilled about, given the payroll, given the expectations, given like just in general what players you have at the top of your lineup. But they have been playing better. And it starts with, I think, what we got to talk about first is we're going to talk about last night's game, which was a 5 nothing shutout. And it was awesome. And I think that there are a lot of takeaways. I think, from the Padres over the past few days. And I'm going to start with just a few. First of all, starter Michael Waka. My lordy, the Michael wacca sounds. That was gross. I don't, I don't like that I even said that. But I was trying to make the Pac-Man sound. And that's why I've had him, this little totem of Pac-Man, on the YouTube video for so long. I wish I had a little bit higher res of a Pac-Man. Maybe I'll get one later. But he's been absolutely incredible. And in this game, he goes six and two-thirds, one walk, five Ks. His ERA on the season is now 2.89. And I had first said a while ago, it was against the Boston Red Sox when he only went four innings, I believe he gave up five earned runs or four earned runs, that I was like, all right, I said this a while ago. I was like, all right, the regression finally happened. It was expected. But I'm really starting to wonder. What I don't think I can be saying that anymore, that we should just automatically expect regression. Expect a little bit, sure, right? But I do think that it is worth pointing out that Michael Waka has been not just good, but elite for a while now. Basically, ever since that one Boston start, so it'd be June, hold on, April, sorry, April 26th, that start in which he went um, five innings against the Cubs, gave up three earned runs. Aside from that one, he has not given up more than two earned runs in any start since April 26th against the Cubs. In total, that gives him a 1.33 ERA. Since March, since uh May May second, if we we if we're not counting that um March twenty sixth start, that's pretty phenomenal, and I don't really care that he's probably gonna get at least a little bit worse as this goes on. His changeup looks great. Last night he generated a lot of whiffs on it, six to be exact on the sixteen swings. That was awesome. He locates it pretty well, and he's just like an overqualified five right now. And that's what's so incredible is even if. This isn't what we're getting from Michael Walker going forward. I still think that other pitchers at the top of the rotation are going to step up and get better, as we've seen with Blake Snell, that we talked about him the other day. But even if... Mike, So that's the whole thing, is even if Michael Walker does have aggression, it really doesn't matter. He has been so big, and he is a reminder. And we're not going to fully talk about this today because we have two games to talk about, so I figured, you know, I don't want to split my time that way. But he is a reminder of free agency. He is a reminder of spending money because... Anybody could have had this guy. And when I am always complaining about spending money in baseball, this is the type of stuff I complain about. Because the Baltimore Orioles, and I've been weirdly really, really obsessed with them for a while, but the Baltimore Orioles are a really good baseball team this year because of their bullpen, and starting, uh, their bullpen and starting lineup. That's been the big reason that they've been good. But anybody could have had this guy. And that's really important to kind of throw out there, right? The, the Baltimore Orioles right now are 13th in ERA, 24th in batting average against, and 19th in whip. All of their offensive stuff is good. They have really clutch hitting. They've got some power in that lineup. Guys like Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, and all and what have you, right? They've been, they've been really good. But one of the things that I can't stand about when people talk about free agency and look at all these mu- teams not spending money, well, imagine how much better they could be. Because you know what's going to happen in the playoffs, in my opinion? Baltimore's going to walk in there And they're going to get killed because they don't have a single starter they can rely on. And I'm not saying they had to go out and get Jacob deGrom or, um, what's his face? Carlos Rodon. I'm not saying that. Or or any of whatever the top pitchers were. But this is a guy that any team could have had. It's not like the Padres paid him. Like Garrett Cole. I, I, I just think that that's what's so frustrating overall is that every time people talk about these teams that don't spend a lot of anymore are doing well, and I'm like, cool, but when is it going to matter for playoff success, right? We we always applaud the Guardians and the Rays and the Brewers and some teams like that that are really good at developing talent. They don't make too many dumb mistakes, but they never do the moves to put them over the top. And I think that that is such an important thing to do when you're discussing kind of baseball. So I just want to, I think that that's what um, what's-his-face kind of represents in a lot of ways is the fact that Uh, Michael Waka could have been anybody's. And I'm not saying I expected him to be this good, but he was really sharp last night. And as you can tell from what I just mentioned before, he's been sharp for a long time. It will get a little bit worse. He's got a 194 BABIP against him. Um, since that June, or I'm sorry, I keep saying June, April 26th start against the Cubs, which suggests that maybe there's a little bit of luck not going his way. His expected FIP is a little bit high at 4.33, although I don't always love XFIP because I just in general expected stats can be a little bit weird sometimes. His FIP is 3.05, which is much better over that stretch, even if he regresses. If this guy is a mid to high ERA, if this guy finishes with like a 3.6 ERA on the season, 3.7, 3.8, something like that, that will be pretty huge. And yes, he doesn't miss a lot of bats all the time, but he has good put-away stuff with that changeup that he's refined, and it's really, we're getting to the point where I'm starting to wondering, maybe Michael Waka is a late bloomer. Maybe he's a guy that, yeah, the Cardinals gave up on back in the day. But he's also a guy that's been unbelievably effective as a fourth starter, uh, fourth or fifth. He's been probably the most consistent starter for the Padres this year, which is absolutely wild to say. Um, but he deserves a lot of credit, that's why I'm giving to him. And by the way, Baltimore and starting pitching, ERA, they're 21st. Again, their bullpen is carrying them. If, you're, if you don't know already about Baltimore, I don't know why I'm taking so much time about Baltimore right now, but if you don't know, Baltimore's bullpen has been lights out. They are currently, um oh, 7th in ERA on the season. So they dropped a little bit lately. So yeah, Baltimore's good, but they, they're actually like leading in F4, though. They've got like a 3.9 F4. They've had unbelievable... Time that that canoe guy has been unbelievable for them. But anyway, enough about the Orioles. Let's take a quick break, guys, before we talk about the rest of this game and yesterday's game. All right, I'm saying two ga- two days ago, two games ago. I can't speak properly, but it is okay. That's what happens out here sometimes. Let me talk to you though about something that I can always, always get down with, ladies and gentlemen. And that is bird dogs. I love them. Clothing. You love something that feels good and fits for any environment. It's fantastic, guys. Bird Dogs make you look good. Stretch khaki shorts. They are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lemon, but they fit a, a whole lot better, let me tell you guys. And they sent me some, and they're great. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like the khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And I can tell, look, I was at the Yankees game in them. It just fits, and it it also brings up anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. That's really helpful when you're at a baseball game. That's why I like that they're advertising for this podcast. You don't want to be sweaty and uncomfortable and whatnot, but you also want to be super you know, in tune with the vibes. You want to have shorts, because it is summer, after all. You can't just wear pajamas everywhere, because that also won't be all that great. I'm getting a little bit out, out out of tangent right now. Bottom line is they feel really great, and they're pretty simple, so... What can I say? Go check them out, guys. Go to birddogs.com/slash-lockdownmlb for a free Yeti-style tumbler that I don't have. I keep forgetting to bring it down with me, um, but that gets added to your order when you go to Lockdown MLB. It's really cool, really nice. The lid is really perfect, and it's not going to snap off like I've had for other tumblers before. Uh, for free Yeti-style tumbler, birddogscom slash MLB. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Go check it out. And we're back, everybody, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast, talking about a whole lot of Michael Waka, let me tell you. Waka, 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 Waka. Um, let me tell you, he, he's been phenomenal, and I was really mad about the Orioles for some reason last segment. But we're keeping it going because we do have to talk about really quickly the offense of last night because the offense has stepped up uh, for the Padres over the last few days, which is really, really great. Um, 5 nothing, like I said, uh, and it was basically all home runs. Uh, For the Padres in this game. Big time stuff from everybody in the lineup. Tatis hitting a solo shot in the bottom of the first to start things off. Manny Machado in the bottom of the third. And Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, Also scores on a wild pitch. We'll talk about him more in a second. Soto hits a solo shot right after that. And Nelson Cruz, because why not? He hits a solo shot as well, making it 5-0. Tatis was the real story in this game. Because he did basically literally everything you can ask for in a single game not only does he go three for four and score two runs not only does he have a home run not only does he have two doubles but he also manages to have a walk and get two stolen bases on the night and that one stolen base by the way was a stolen base of third base was he stole third Still second, and he's still third, and the stolen base of third actually ended up really mattering because Juan Soto, in that at bat, there's a wild pitch by the opposing pitcher that allows Tatis to score pretty easily, uh, especially with his speed. So incredible stuff. And then in the top of the ninth inning, in the top of the ninth inning, Mister Ahmed Rosario gets a single to start things off against who was pitching, by the way. I should check this. It was against Tim Hill. That's right. Um, who, by the way, went two innings in this one and was pretty pretty solid. I, Tim Hill's back. You know what I mean? To Bill, I don't know what happened last year. I think he was probably hurt, but he's been great this year for what his role is um, in this game. And also, it is worth pointing out, by the way, Stephen Wilson coming in with the bases loaded because Waka, unfortunately, kind of unwound in the sixth inning. Uh, He goes six and two-thirds, like I mentioned, but he did walk kind of into the bases being loaded. Thankfully, Stephen Wilson came in and got a huge strikeout. So huge stuff for Stephen Wilson, your your win probability stat and your clutch stats probably went through the roof because of that that one strikeout you got. But uh in this last inning, Ahmed Rosario gets the single off Tim Hill. And Tatis does. I mentioned this in my little video on Twitter. When I would play dodgeball, I am a big look over here and then actually throw it at somebody else type of guy. Like I am snake eyes. Like that is what I would do a dodgeball. For those who don't know, I freaking love dodgeball. It was like, I'm not kidding, something I was actually genuinely good at. I loved it. It was so much fun hanging out with friends and doing all that stuff back in the day. But that's what I would do. And Tatis kind of did a similar thing when I met Rosario rounded first, where it looks like he was just going to get the ball into second. But instead, he pulls a fast one, throws it back to first base. And guess what? They get him. He's out. An outfield assist just like that on a single from Tatis. He has a complete game. The two doubles, the two steals, and one of them counting to a run because of scoring on a wild pitch. He has the home run. He has a walk thrown in there too, which is great because I feel like he hasn't necessarily been walking a lot. Um, Just an unbelievably complete game. And Tatis at this point really is about to win himself the gold glove. Like, it's just unbelievable when you take into account that he's objectively been great. He's had so many outfield assists. He's so springing in his step, which is what I've been saying all year about his defense. And he's got a great arm. Clearly, that teams, I imagine as the season will progress, maybe that outfield assist will go down because I think teams are going to be like, okay, he can legitimately like throw a cannon from out there. Not that we didn't know that before, but it's translated well with his you know, timing to, to get the balls, his, the routes he takes, the balls that they've seen, okay, this is not necessarily a guy you can run on. So the outfield assist will probably go down a little bit, but his overall range and stuff and how he's played this far, plus the popularity, which clearly has a lot, to do with the gold glove, uh, he's going to get it. So that's that. That's my thing. I think that if there was one prediction I can make about any player on this team, I think he might get the gold glove. I really do. And if he keeps it up, could potentially be an MVP candidate because of the defense. And yes, I know Corbin Carroll has been great. For the D backs, and he's probably the front runner as of now, um, or Ronald Acuna of the Braves. But I think that, particularly with Acuna, it's possible that Tatis could pass him solely because of the defense. Because Ronald Acuna, if you're wondering, you, you might be wondering, how is Ronald Acuna not leading in like F4 right now? Well, that's why, because his defense is less, you know, leaves a lot to be desired uh, in a lot of ways, unfortunately. He's not terrible. Let me be clear. He actually. I was wrong. He actually currently leads in F4 as we speak. Okay, that was not true though before I started recording, I swear. Uh, his defense, not the best, but even still his offense is unbelievable. 333, 405, 580 slash line. He's got the home runs. He's got he's got 29 steals already, by the way. Looks like Ronald Acuna might get finally get it, but if they were to at all fall off, Tatis could potentially get in there, and a big part of that is his defense. So to him. He's currently 14th in F4, which is pretty amazing, considering he you know, has played like 20-ish less games than most of the guys on this list, absent maybe Sean Murphy. He's a catcher. Not Most catchers don't play every day. Um, So that's been excellent. That's been excellent. But Tatis going nuclear is awesome and a huge deal for the team. And it's also nice to see the rest of the guys getting in on the action. Love a Soto solo shot. Love a Manny Machado solo shot, who has, by the way, been playing a little bit better Um, ever since he came off the IL. He's been at least a little bit solid. And it's funny, I actually missed the Manny Machado home run because I went to the bathroom and I was I, I had just gotten, gotten done working out. Flex. Um, but when I had gotten back... Uh, I was just like, all right, all right, let's, let's watch the game. But I, I actually, I got to go to the bathroom. So then I went upstairs for a second. I sprinted upstairs to my bathroom to use it. And then unfortunately I, I skipped the notification, maybe Machado solo shot. So of course, and I, I figured he might not, he might like ground out or something because the pitch before it, he like reached out at something low and away and fouled it off. So I was like classic Manny. He's been swinging at everything this year and not always the success. Uh, but Hey. Love to see that. Love to see the offense from the Padres. Really good stuff. Now, let's talk about the other game. And that's Tuesday's game. In which you get a nice little start from Joe Musgrove. Nothing incredible in this game. But he goes six innings. Gives up three earned runs, unfortunately, on seven hits. Not great. One walk and five Ks. ERA in the season of 4.37. 1.33 whip. I still think Musgrove is on his way. I, I really do. And I think that... Yes, his last four starts, you know, you, or his, his last bunch of starts haven't looked especially incredible, but his last four specifically, he's got a 1.93 ERA. His ex-fip is excellent at 3.12. Fip of 2.59. I think he's getting back into things. I think Mexico City threw him off, and I think that the weight room injury, it just feels like an off year for Musgrove, but not because he doesn't have the talent to still have those great starts. I just think that the overall accumulation of his stats this year, a little bit of a false start little bit of a, you know, like in Mario Kart when you, you press the A button to accelerate too much and your guy goes, whoa, 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 and he kind of like explodes or whatever for a second. That's what it feels like Musgrove season has been um, in, in a nutshell. But I think he's gotten a lot better. Um, I think that his start against the Yankees was the first sign of that when he went six and only gave up one earned run. I think that was huge. Um, he went six and a third, actually. Struck out six, didn't walk anybody. I think he's turning things around. But this game wasn't really about him. It was about the offense. We're going to talk about that more in just a second, guys. But, 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 I need some water. And we're back, everybody here, on the Locked Up Padres podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Hopefully you are enjoying it. Let's continue. Let's finish up this game recap. On Tuesday, the Padres getting the W6-3. I already talked about Musgrove. A solid start from him. I'm really confident that him and Snell and Darvish to an extent, I think, are improving. So again, talked about at the beginning of the show. Even if Waka goes down, I think these three guys will make up the difference. If there is, is, and I don't think there will be. I really don't. um, At least in a giant way. Like a giant regression. I don't think this is Ryan Weathers back in 2021, right? It was 2021 when he was like a a rookie of the year guy and then exploded after that, right? But we'll see. Uh, Maybe Walker's a late bloomer. Uh, In this game, we get another good game from Tatis. One for three with an RBI and a home run. So Tatis is on fire. He also draws a walk. Manny Machado going two for four in this one as well and scoring a run. Juan Soto going one for three with a walk. That's kind of the, the formula, if we're being honest. And Xander Bogarts, by the way, who I haven't talked about, um, two, he goes one for three in this game, but gets two RBIs and a huge double, uh, in this game, Bogarts, it's too, it's too small of a sample size, but in terms of the whole concerns with his wrist and whatnot, very, very noted, um, concerns there. It's been totally fine. Like it makes sense, but he started heating up a tiny bit at the end of May, a tiny bit and he's hitting better. And so far through June, he's slashing 310 with a 375 on base and a 448 slugging. He's got four doubles. Three RBIs, no home runs yet. He hasn't had any home runs. He's only hit one home run uh, since the end of April, unfortunately. But, granted, don't freak out. This is that's kind of Bogarts, right? Bogarts is more than just hitting home runs and whatnot. And his defense has been immaculate. So, all in all, like, if, by the way, we're gonna talk about this on tomorrow's episode too. When you look at the rest of the free agent class, my lordy, uh, that is, it's been rough. So, Bogarts. Hopefully he's turning it around. I think that the few days off was good. I still kind of wish that they put him on the IL. But if he really is going to play this well, um, and it's just something that he's going to have to take a few days off every now and then, then that's cool. But I am still a little bit worried because if he starts hitting poorly again, that wrist, I hope that that's not you know, something that's going to be um, continually keeping him out. And because this team doesn't have a lot of depth, um, I think that's why you've seen them probably not put him on the IL. So I get why they're not doing it, but that's also not a good sign of team building, right? But all in all, um, good game from the Padres. Um, Definitely got some runs here. The double from Bogarts was huge because it kind of put the game officially out of reach. Um, The Tatis home run. And of course, Mr. Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez, who I am ready to start a campaign for this man to make the all-star team. I don't give a crap if he's only played like three games for the Padres. Things have gone down, though. He actually hasn't been great uh, for the past few games. He's doing what catchers do uh, in a lot of ways, which is be not good at all when you look at their numbers compared to regular players, but in terms of catcher numbers, pretty good. But 240 batting average, 296 on base now, 640 slugging. That's what's been keeping him up. I hope it's not going to be that bad. Overall, like I hope that this isn't gonna be like a giant regression, but whatever. I still think that Gary's been awesome. He hits a home run in this game as well. Um, just I think the big thing, and again, I want to wait a few more games before his pitch framing and kind of defensive metrics come in, but he throws out a game, a runner, not in this game that they won 6-3, but in last night's game too. Uh so I'm just saying, like, he hasn't looked that abhorrent defensively, absent that mistake um against the Marlins when they had that big walk-off winner. So that was really rough, but Overall, Gary's been a huge pickup, and it's kind of wild that it feels like he's the one saving the season. doesn't make any sense, but it does feel like that. I know it's not true. I know Soto's been great. I know that Tatis has been great. I get it, and the pitching and the relievers like we went through. But it just feels like he has been, which is so funny to me. Like, it really is. Um, but yeah, um, really cool stuff for... The Padres getting two Ws to start in tonight's game. I'm hoping that they could potentially get the sweep. We've got Ryan Weathers on the mound, though, going up against Logan Allen, who's got a 3.31 ERA on the season. I don't know much about him, but I believe, was he a former Padre? I think they sent him away in the weather the Clevenger trade? I forgot. But bottom line is, hopefully Weathers can at least be okay, and maybe this can be a bullpen piggyback sort of game. Maybe they bring in Cosgrove. Maybe they bring in Nick Martinez in some way. Whatever happens, just as long as he's not terrible, that would be great. Especially against a team like Cleveland who can't really hit. If you're going to have Ryan Weathers have to make a start, this is the type of team to go up against. So as long as he doesn't do anything silly, as long as Jose Ramirez doesn't go yard on him, or Josh Bell, who for some reason has decided to hit well, only against us specifically, then I think they could be okay. Last thing I want to mention, though, is that the true concern for the Padres right now, I would say, is the DH spot. Yes, Nelson Cruz homered last night, but all in all, the Padres, when it comes to both, um, what's his face, both, um, hold on, give you a minute, both uh, Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz, it's been pretty bad. Matt Carpenter started off the season okay; he was hitting well, he hit the ball hard, his swing looked crisp, uh, and he was killing off-speed stuff. And he was walking a lot. So yeah, he had like a 210 batting average. But I was okay with it. Because he just overall had a lot of good um, things going for him, I think. And his role wasn't necessarily to be the guy that saved the entire team. But ever since then, he's been pretty rough um, as the DH for the Padres. a, A position that it feels like they haven't been able to figure out in forever, to be quite honest with you. I don't remember the last time that... Uh, this team had a DH that I was at all really confident in. Um, Matt Carpenter currently sitting ugh, uh, pretty, pretty anemic. 188, 303 on base with a 348 slugging. The guy has basically been Trent Grisham. Um, 84 WRC+. plus. Trent Grisham actually overall 89 WRC+, plus, just a tad better. And Nelson Cruz, the other DH for the team. Again, I know he hit a home run last night. He's been carried a lot by the fact that he's gotten some home runs, but he's not hitting for all that much power. He's certainly not, not much power. He's not hitting for for contact all that much, and he's certainly not walking. He's got a 3.5% walk rate, which is atrocious. So while I do appreciate Carpenter, Carpenter has been uh, walking a decent amount, the Nelson Cruz stuff is all inflated, and that says a lot considering his 84, 86 WRC plus is bad. It's all been inflated by some really timely solo shots. Um, but overall, 3% walk rate, 3.5% walk rate for Nelson Cruz, and then a 31.9% strikeout rate. I've made this joke before, but I swear this guy gets up to the plate, decides I'm swinging at every pitch, and then it has worked, let's see, four at-bats basically this year with the four home runs that he has. While Matt Carpenter just swings through stuff a lot, his isolated power isn't that great, he's just been pretty poor. So the question is, who do the Padres like turn to? Because between these two guys, it's going to be a platoon thing. It's going to depend on you know which pitcher, righty lefty, yeah. for sure. That's what it was like when both of them were healthy, anyway. But this is becoming like a, a serious thing. I mean, Matt Carpenter. Let's let's look at the splits, by the way. I mean, I think that basically since April, April when he was awesome, um, April he hit two seventy one with a four zero seven on base and a five eighty three slugging. He looked like all right. We got a discount DH. I was thrilled, and then if you have to, you have crews going some nights, but ever since then, in May, he hit 129 in 20 games, with a 250 on base. We talk about Xander Bogarts having a regression, my lord, Matt Carpenter, and then so far in June, 208, 296, 250, not that much better, so that's looking pretty rough, I do think that Carpenter, at least because of the walk rate, is the guy that I prefer between the two, because I just think that... If Cruz is not going to walk at all and he's striking out all the time, then that's pretty obscene. Um, Like basically, aside from Adam Engel and um, Brandon Dixon, he has the highest strikeout rate on the team. Then Carpenter, then Grisham, then Gary Sanchez. You know, that's that's a pretty sad state of affairs, I think, in a lot of ways. So hopefully, um, the Padres can find someone. I don't know who yet. I will say, I don't know exactly who yet but in fairness at least dh feels like something you could kind of go and nab pretty easily on the market i know that there's not a lot of big names i know that there's a lot of people might bring up tim anderson or something like that but tim anderson's an infielder i don't see him as a a dh although t- don't get me wrong i might take him over both of these guys at this point um i just think um that there's just it's easier to fill out a DH cause you can get anybody. It doesn't matter what position they play. So I'm curious. I'd prefer an outfielder. There's always like a Jack Peterson out there somewhere. Maybe you just have to find a guy who hits well against righties or hits well against lefties, be a platoon. And that's kind of what you can, all you can do. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of all you can do, um, and hope for. So hopefully that will kind of go their way. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly who's out there. Um, there's, there's some people might have said Christian Walker once upon a time, but he's doing well on a great um, Arizona Diamondbacks team. So maybe Garrett Cooper of the Marlins, he's been decent before, but he's not that great this year. Uh, Darren Ruff, if you want to go down that route, Carlos Santana of the Pirates, but the Pirates have been good, you know. And Carlos Santana's still hanging out, by the way. I love that he still managed to be okay. Jesus Aguilar has been pretty good, but you know, Marlins and all that. So I don't. This is a weird deadline. So again. I do think that DH, next to bullpen, I think is a pretty easily fixable thing. I think you can just go out there and find someone who can hit a little bit better, even if they're not a star. Maybe they can be a platoon guy, and maybe you're just like, see you later, Cruz, or someone. I don't know, but I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm really curious to see how this kind of pans out, and I believe Matt Carpenter's on a two-year deal, so it's not like he's going anywhere, um, and it's not like anybody wants him right now, so... I don't know. But again, because of the market and because of where the Padres are with their farm and with their contracts, I just don't expect crazy moves. The The big move this team makes literally might just be like, hey, let's go and patch up our bullpen a little bit. Maybe you bring in Araldis Chapman, who they were apparently interested in in the offseason anyway. So I could see that happening. Wouldn't hate it. Whatever. Like, blah. I don't care. I don't love Araldis Chapman. But in terms of baseball stuff, unfortunately, it would be an, it would be an OK move. Um, especially since they've had a couple guys who've been weird this year, like Luis Garcia being um, a a grand example of bullpen guy. That's regressed, uh, absent, basically, Nabil Krizmat. I've been saying absent a lot. I need to absent that word from my vocabulary for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that's my current state on the team. It's been the same for a few weeks now. Um, But they are playing better, and I'm still wearing the clown hat. And, yes, if they do complete the sweep tonight, they will be back to 500. If they get above 500, maybe I have to remove the clown hat. But they're going to be playing Tampa after this, so that's going to be a tough series, really big prove-it series. Maybe they can get some Ws there. But, yeah, uh, still plenty of concerns on this Padres team, but things are looking up, and it shows you just how long the season is. So hopefully they can keep things going. I'm hoping they get the sweep, and I'm hoping that, I don't know, we find out what the heck is going on at DH because Carpenter and Cruz have been really rough especially Cruz. I know it doesn't feel like it for Cruz, but man, has he been bad? 3%. My guy, what happened to you? You know what I mean? Come on, man. I I swear he's just having an old man season where he's like, I don't care. I just want to add like 10 more home runs to my ledger. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm swinging at everything. That's what it feels like with Nelson Cruz. Um, Although I do like him in the dugout and whatnot. And he seems, seems like a good, like clubhouse guy, which is great. You always love having that. But with that all being said, everybody, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the pot themselves. Remember, to subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcast's from. Follow the show on YouTube. I'm trying to hit a thousand subscribers soon. Um, that would be very cool, maybe by the end of the month. I don't know. Question mark, maybe possibly. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully you do that though. Check me out on Twitter again at javipeno J A V I I P E N O or at L-O underscore Padres. Tomorrow, gonna to be talking about the last game of this Guardian series and then talking about the free agency class of twenty twenty three as a whole, and then doing, I think we're due for another Just look at the overall numbers of the Padres as a team, kind of going over stuff, and maybe do a little bit of trade candidate stuff. Maybe come up with a couple of guys I think that the team should go after. I've been right about some before. I think Robbie Grossman, I was finally right about him. He's been a pretty decent platoon guy, sort of bench player for the Rangers. I was three years late. Or three years early, my bad. Three years early. Who knows? Who knows? So look forward to that, everybody. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.